I thought we'd start off our day with a prune. And I know you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, what's Pastor George got up his sleeve right now? Well, I, I just want you to be regular. <laughs> prune, you know, regular, you, you got that. Prune, it's ugly, it's shriveled, it's wrinkled. Have you ever had a prune type of a day or a prune type of a life? A, a prune, folks, you can't make it look any better. You can't make it look any worse. Sometimes you've had a prune week, a prune month. Maybe you're in a prune season with this pandemic. It feels like your life is just, it's just shriveling up. When that happens, you need the miracle of a fresh start. Take a look at Psalms 145, verse 14. God gives a fresh start to those ready to quit. I can't tell you how many people I've heard say this phrase, I'm over this pandemic, I'm done, it's finished, I, I give up, I quit. Yet God gives a promise of a fresh start. It is the greatest miracle that you and I can experience. How does God do that? How does God work this miracle in our lives? Well, today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a look at a man named Bartimaeus, who Jesus healed. And my hope as we look at this story of Bartimaeus and the healing of him that you and I will discover the things that we need to do in order to have a fresh start. So let's jump in to this story. One day, Jesus is walking through a town named Jericho. He is on his way to Jerusalem. He is this miracle worker, okay? And everybody decides to go see him. They line up on the street. And in the crowd, there is a guy named Bartimaeus who is blind. And he hears that Jesus is walking by. And he calls out Jesus' name because, folks, he needed help. He was living a shriveled up life, a prune life. He was blind, which meant that he couldn't work or read or write. Folks, he was miserable. And when Jesus walked by, Bartimaeus realized that this was his opportunity. So he cries out. Now, I don't want to ruin the end of this story, but my guess is you've already figured out what's going to happen here. Jesus didn't walk by this guy without doing something for him. No, he performs a miracle. But the miracle but this miracle is something more than just a physical miracle. In fact, the Bible tells us at the beginning of this story in verse 46, Mark 10, 46, that Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road, living up a dried up, shriveled, prune life. But by the end of the story, it says this in verse 52, following Jesus on the road. Folks, that's the miracle of a fresh start. And it is the greatest miracle that God offers us. 
The truth is there are a lot of people who cannot see physically, but they are on the road. They are living a vibrant life. On the other hand, there's a lot of people who can see physically, but they're not on the road. They are stuck on the side of the road. They are living a shriveled up prune life. They feel sidelined. Now the reality is all of us at some time or another feel like we've been sidelined. As you walk through life, you may feel sidelined when a relationship fails. Maybe that relationship failed a number of years ago and you're sitting on the sideline thinking, how do I get back in the game? Or maybe you feel sidelined by someone who disappointed you. Someone that you trusted in let you down and betrayed you. And you're thinking, how do I get back into the game? Or you feel sidelined when you face some deep insecurity about yourself. And as you focus in on it, folks, it paralyzes you. And you get stuck. Or you may feel sidelined, not by some insecurity or some person, but rather by some thing. It has left you bitter, like the loss of a job. Or sometimes you might feel sidelined, but like when things don't work out like you had expected. You wanted to retire in this season, but with the economy the way it is, you have had to postpone that. And you're asking yourself, where do I go from here? What am I going to do with the rest of my life? Folks, we can be sidelined by a number of different things. We can be sidelined by uncertainty. I cannot tell you how many people I have talked with during this pandemic that are just postponing living life. If you have ever felt stuck or sidelined or down in the pits where you wanted to feel differently, where you wanted to be at a different place, but you couldn't get yourself there, then guess what? You are feeling exactly like what Bartimaeus was feeling. Now, I can tell you this. A lot of times when you feel this way, you, it's easy to think, you know what? I wish I could go back. I wish I could rewind my life and start all over again. When I hear things like that, I think, well, if if and buts were candy nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. If we could all go back, hey, life would be grand. But folks, that isn't how life works. It doesn't work that way in driving a car. You can't move forward by putting it in reverse. And it doesn't work that way in life either. The question is this. How do you get a fresh start? Well, the miracle of Bartimaeus helps us to understand how you and I can do that. Because in this story, Bartimaeus makes five choices that changes his life forever. And if you make these five choices, you too can experience a miracle in your life. The fresh start that you need may have been maybe due to the fact uh, that it was some big event or it may have been some little event. It really doesn't matter. If you make these five choices, you can have a fresh start. So let's get into this story more specifically. The first thing that we see in this story 
that you need to do that Bartimaeus did is this. You've got to seize the moment. You don't wait. You don't delay. You start now. Not next week. Not next month. Today. You start now. Bartimaeus had this one moment in his life. He had no earthly idea that Jesus Christ was going to be coming by his way. He hadn't prepared for it and he hadn't planned on it. But when the opportunity presented itself, folks, he seized the moment. Take a look at Mark 10, verse 46 and 47. As Jesus and his disciples left town, a great crowd was following A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road as Jesus was going by. When Bartimaeus heard that that Jesus from Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus is sitting on the side of the road. Folks, he's sidelined. He's living a prune life. This is not where he wanted to be. And as Jesus walks by, he thinks, I'm never going to have this opportunity again. And he makes the most of it. He thinks it is either now or it is never. Now the truth for you today is that there are all kinds of opportunities of faith around you. Some of those come through people giving you an encouraging word. Some Come when you're reading God's word, the Bible. Some come while you are watching this message online. Some come while you are worshiping with the worship team. But we miss them. One of the main reasons that we miss this is all summarized in one word. Procrastination. We put it off. Now, because I knew I was going to be talking about procrastination, I thought, you know what I'm going to do this week? I am going to do something. I'm going to accomplish something that I have been putting off for years. If you have ever been into my office, you know that it looks like a rat's nest. I got piles of paper everywhere. And it has been this way for seven years. Folks, I have gone through three admins. And I've said, you know what, I'm going to clean up my office. Well, this past week, I did it. You wouldn't even recognize my office right now. I mean, fresh coat of paint, carpets were cleaned. I mean, no piles anywhere, desk looks nice. And here's the deal, it didn't take me that long to do it. Seven years I've been waiting, three admins, okay? And it was all done basically in a day. Now, I know you're probably sitting there and you are laughing because we can all relate to this, can we not? Procrastination turns from one day to one week to one month to one year to one life. That is why you must have the mentality, it is now or never. Now, what's my point? Well, my point isn't for you, I don't know, to get up right now and and clean out the cupboard, okay, that you've been putting off for months, or clean up your office, or the garage in your house. That's not my point. My point is this. What step of faith 
knowing who God is, do you need to take now? Jesus said in Luke 9, verse 62, no procrastination, no backwards looks. You can put God's, you can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day. The fact is, you and I know the benefits for doing it. You and I know that it's the right thing to do, but we miss out because we procrastinate. And so I say this, stop making excuses. Do it now. The second thing that Bartimaeus did, that you and I need to do, if we're gonna experience a fresh start, is this, you gotta tame your fear. Now why do I say that? Because folks, we're human. In any opportunity, fears can arise, and so you've gotta tame your fear. Fear has the ability to paralyze decision-making. And I found that one of the biggest fears in Collin County, and this may be a shock to you, is the fear of success. People fear success, and I think a lot of it is driven by guilt. They don't feel good about themselves, and so what they do is they procrastinate. And they put off being successful. Now, there are other fears. Maybe your fear isn't the fear of of success. Maybe your fear is the fear of rejection or disapproval. This was Bartimaeus' fear. You see, Bartimaeus knew that what he was doing, yelling at Jesus, was not a cool thing. Jesus was on the road to Jerusalem. He is a busy guy. He has a purpose that he is going to fulfill while he is there. But Bartimaeus calls out in the crowd. Take a look at this in verse 48. Many of the people scolded him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Why did he do that? Because, folks, he knew it was his only opportunity. And although everybody was scolding him, don't make yourself a nuisance. Don't make a scene. And by the way, don't humiliate yourself and us along with you. Don't you realize this is Jesus? He he doesn't have time for you. Which, by the way, we like, we, we have that thought as well, don't we? Well, I don't want to bother God with this. I mean, he's got bigger fish to fry. I mean, he's got this pandemic thing going on. Uh, God's too busy for, for me and what I want and what I need. Will you write this down? One word. Just write this one word down. When you hear or think that God's just too busy for me, just say this word. Lie. Well, how do you know that it's a lie, Pastor George? Take a look at John six thirty seven. I will never turn away anyone who comes to me. And so this idea that God is going to reject you, folks, it is an outright lie from the pit of hell. And I know you may be sitting here and say, but Pastor George, that's not my struggle. I know that God loves me and he's accepted me. It's other people that I struggle with. Well, then here's the question that you need to ask yourself. 
If you, if you struggle with the fear of disapproval or the fear of rejection, you need to ask yourself this question. Whose disapproval or rejection do you fear the most? And whatever name pops up, that's the person who has the potential to be God in your life and shape your life. With teenagers, this is called peer pressure. With adults, we have a fancier name for it. It's called codependency. But they are both the same. It is the fear of rejection or the fear of disapproval. And what it does is that it shapes your life. And it results in you missing out on life. This is a serious issue in Collin County. Take a look at this verse in Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of human opinion disables you. In other words, it sidelines you. Fear of what other people think causes life just to go by you as you sit on the side of the road. But trusting God protects you from that. Now let's reflect on this for a moment, okay? Who do you think most people think about the most? Themselves, right? Themselves. They're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. And yet, we get so caught up in thinking that they're thinking about us that what it does is that it paralyzes us. We get stuck. And we miss out on the life that God has for us because we're focused in on other people's opinions. And an opinion is just an opinion. You and I must learn to live for the audience of one person, for Jesus Christ. When you and I do that, we will begin to recognize the power that God has for us. And this is what Bartimaeus did. He put Jesus Christ number one in his life. He let the promise of hope drown out the crowd of disapproval, of rejection. And what others thought was embarrassing to himself and to themselves <laughs> actually was saving himself. Jesus Son of David, have mercy on me. That is a phrase that helps us know that Bartimaeus believed that Jesus was the Messiah. And that leads us to the third point. Because he shouted, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He got the third Choice. It's the third choice that you need to make if you want a fresh start. And that is you must announce your faith. You do it publicly, you do it specifically, and you do it with clarity. You announce your faith. Listen to this conversation between Jesus and Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, verse 51. And Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man answered, that is Bartimaeus, teacher, I want to see. 
Now, why in the world did Jesus ask him that question? I mean, didn't he know that Bartimaeus was blind? I mean, everybody else knew that he was blind. Why did he ask him that question? Well, it wasn't for Jesus' sake. It was for Bartimaeus' sake. Jesus was giving Bartimaeus an opportunity to publicly announce his faith. When you do something like that, folks, it seals the deal. There is something about stating your faith goals with your lips or through your fingertips that propels you in the right direction. And this is what Bartimaeus did. He publicly stated his faith goal and who he was trusting in. Jesus, son of David. In essence, he's saying, Jesus, I'm trusting that you are the promised one, that you are the Messiah, that you are my Savior, and I believe you have the power to make this happen. Now, here is the amazing thing. Jesus asks you the same question. And he gives you the same opportunity to publicly profess your faith goals. What do you want me to do for you? Can you answer that question? What is it that you want Jesus to do for you right now? You see, God wants to do some great things in you, and he wants to do some great things for you. But you have to publicly declare your faith goals. A secret faith, folks, is a shallow faith. But the more upfront you are in stating your faith goals, you know what happens? Folks, other people will begin to support you. And other people will begin to pray for you. There is something about stating your faith goals that it just propels you in that direction. Now at LifePoint, there are a lot of ways that you can do that. But one of the first ways that you, you do it is through baptism. Now why do I say that? Well, I say that not because baptism is a religious ritual. We don't buy into religious rituals here at, at, at LifePoint. We do baptisms because baptism is genuinely and authentically a public way of stating your faith in Christ. And if you have said yes to Jesus Christ in your life, and you haven't been baptized to publicly profess that to other people, you can do that. You can text us and let us know at 94,000. We would love to arrange it. In fact, we've got a baptism coming up here in August, okay? COVID safe. You can do that. God says, I want you to first take the step of publicly identifying with me. Now, if you have already done that, then publicly state your faith goals to other people. Tell them, this is what I'm believing God to do in my life and for me. You see, God 
When you do that, God starts moving in ways that you can't even begin to understand. Now, once you've done that, the fourth thing that happens to get a fresh start that we see in this story is that you receive grace. Take a look at Mark 10, verse 52. And Jesus said to him, that is to Bartimaeus, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he regained his sight. Bartimaeus received the gift of a miracle. He had, so to speak, new eyes. He he had new sight. And it got him back on the road again. Folks, I have no doubt that there are many of you, as you listen to this message, are facing some difficult circumstances and some big challenges in your life as a result of this pandemic season that you're in. And more than likely, as a result of this stretching out and maybe turning into something even greater than just a season, into an ice age, you are discouraged. You don't know where to go, and you don't know who to turn to. You don't want to feel the way you feel, but you just can't seem to get out of this funk. When is this going to end? I give up. You need God's gift of a fresh start. And you need it regardless of the circumstances you're in or the challenges that you face. You need God's gift of a fresh start. And Jesus Christ can give you just that. And it is a gift. It is a gift that you can't buy, that you can't earn, that you don't get through rules, regulations, and rituals. It is a gift that he gives you. And it doesn't matter who you are. You may be Baptist, you may be Buddhist. You may be Presbyterian, you may be you may be Lutheran, okay? You may be an atheist, you may be an agnostic. Folks, it doesn't matter who you are. He wants to give you this gift. So how does God get you back on the road? Well, you got to understand that the word grace and gift are the same word in the Greek. And they mean the same thing. And how it happens is this way. Take a look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. When you think about grace, you need to remember three things. First of all, it's a gift. Secondly, it's received by faith. And third, once you've received that gift by faith, God has something special, a special assignment for you to do. First, it's a gift. If you look at your life and you think, you know what, I just can't seem to change. I just can't seem to make my life work. Understand this, you can't. You need a gift outside of yourself. I will never forget my dad, who passed away, I think it was like 15 years ago now, had what he considered a ranch. He was a cattle rancher. He had 10 acres and one 
cow, okay? But dad loved going to his ranch, okay, and, and feeding that, that one cow and, and working at that ranch, okay? He'd, he'd go there every day. And one time, I took all my kids, all three of them, and we were going to help my dad, their grandpa, to clean out a fence row. And my boys, they thought it was a blast. To me, I looked at it, that's work, okay? But my boys are just pulling weeds out of everything. But then they came to this, this root that one of them couldn't pull out. And they, they, they tried it. And then the other, another brother came, and together they tried it. And all three of them came together, and they tried it. And they were just looking at me and said, Dad, we can't pull out this root. And I asked them, I says, have you tried everything? Oh, yeah, Dad, we've tried everything. Well, you never tried asking me, your dad, to help. Here's the facts. Some of you are facing some big challenges. Some big circumstances that are not good. Have you asked your father, your heavenly father, to help? You're working hard. You're giving it all you've got. But have you asked your father to help? He wants to give you a gift. Bartimaeus was blind. There was no way in the world he could work a miracle for himself. If he could have, folks, he would have. But he couldn't. He needed God's gift. Do you see that? Folks, there is something worse than physical blindness. That is spiritual blindness that lasts all eternity. The second thing about grace is that you got it's received by faith. In other words, you trust God to do what only God can do. And then thirdly, once you've received that gift of grace through faith, you remember that God has a special assignment for you. Do you realize that? That God has some things that he wants you to do. In fact, the answer for some of you in getting back on the road is for you to rediscover that unique gift, that unique assignment that God has that he wants you to do. A lot of times when we get stuck in life and we get sidelined, we get sidelined maybe in our relationships, in our marriages, I don't know, with our families. We get sidelined or we get stuck in, in a job and life just passes it by. I say this, when you're stuck, serve. Look for those who you can serve. Look for someone that you can add value to. I cannot tell you how many people I have talked with that have felt stuck in life that I challenge them. Hey, start giving your life away to other people. Be, scramble to the bottom to lift other people up. Start serving. And you know what? Their marriages have turned around like that. Their families have come together. So let me ask you this. Who could you serve? If you have never served at LifePoint, we have birthed a new ministry as a result of this pandemic, an online ministry, and we have lots of opportunities for people to serve. 
We, we, we have opportunities of online prayer warriors, online follow-up team, online influencers, online writers, online discussion starters. There are many opportunities to serve. We have tech opportunities. Folks, we need more because we're doing more. Even during this pandemic, though we're not meeting as one big united spiritual family, we are some, about 200 every week, but we need more because we're doing more. We need more light operators, directors, lyric presenters, uh, recording engineers, vocals, instruments, Facebook monitors, YouTube monitors. Folks, there's plenty of opportunities. If you feel stuck, I say this, serve. Now, once you've seized the moment, once you've tamed your fears, once you've announced your faith publicly, once you've received God's grace, the final thing that you do that we see Bartimaeus did is this, you take the next step. Now, you may be sitting here, and you may be thinking, well, but Pastor George, what's the next step for me? Well, whatever God has told you to do that you haven't done yet. I've met people at McDonald's, and they've shared with me, George, I'm just stuck. I just don't feel like God's alive to me anymore, I, not even in my marriage and family. And I, and I oftentimes will ask them, when was the last time that you clearly heard God speak to you, and what was it about? And they would tell me, and I would say, well, have you done that? And they would say, honestly, Pastor George, I haven't. Why would God tell you something new if you're not doing what he's already told you to do? For some of you, folks, that may be getting baptized. You know you need to get baptized, but you haven't. For others of you, it may be joining the church. You know that you need to be a part of a spiritual family, but you haven't done that yet. Or you need to be in community virtually, and you know that, and yet you haven't done that yet. Or you need to get involved in ministry. and You know, you said, I just got to get involved. I've got to do something for God's family, and you haven't done that. I know what you're thinking. You sit there and you think, well, I'm aiming to do that, Pastor George. What I'm asking you and telling you to do, you got to pull the trigger. Because this is what Bartimaeus did. Take a look at verse 52. He regained his sight and began following Jesus on the road. He went from sitting on the side of the road to following Jesus down the road. So let me close with this. You have one of two options. Which one do you want to describe your life? Which one of these do you think is more fulfilling? Sitting on the side of the road and letting life pass you by or following Jesus? Today is the day to decide what's going to be the next step for you. Don't think about the 20th step. What's the next step 
for you. James says in James 2, if, if people say they have faith, but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. For some of you, you need to drop Jesus from your head into your heart. You have never genuinely, authentically established a relationship with him. You've just kept it up here mentally. Some of you need to drop Jesus from your head to your heart. That's when the fresh start begins. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 1.30. Everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate, and a fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. Jesus is passing by. Bartimaeus recognized and he seized the moment. Don't let Jesus pass you by today. What is your next step? If it is dropping him from your head to your heart, I'm going to give you a moment to do that. Don't let this moment pass you by. If you've already done that, make that commitment. Let us know at 94,000 what it is, and we will help you take it because we are better together. Let's pray. Right now, maybe you need to drop Jesus from your head to your heart. Don't let this moment pass. By, but say this, God, right now, I just don't want to have you as a thought in my mind. I want to have a, a relationship with you because you are the promised one. You are my Savior who died on the cross for my sins and resurrected from the grave to prove that you have the power to change my life. And right now, I want to say yes to you. God, thank you for the forgiveness that I have through your son, Jesus Christ. I'm dropping you from my head to my heart. If you prayed that prayer, I want to know. I want you to, to text 94,000, new start, and would you just let me know that you've committed your life to Jesus Christ for the first time. If you're recommitting your life, you can text new start as well. To, to 94,000 and just let me know what you're recommitting to do maybe it's to get baptized or to join the church or to get involved in a ministry or to get involved in a small group what ministry might it be put it down hey I want to get involved in the online ministry just let us know and we will help you with your next step don't let Jesus pass you by today Lord I thank you that you are an awesome God that you're a God of fresh starts, of new beginnings, again and again and again and again and again. You never, God, get tired. And you never reject us when we come to you genuinely, authentically, and say, God, I need a fresh start. You draw close, you comfort, you strengthen, you empower. 
and you help us to get back on the road. God, thank you. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.